superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure. The Rich Eisen Show. Dion pressing all the right buttons. Henry Blackburn, he made a tremendous uh, hit on Travis on the sideline. Whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats. Love you, Dion Sanders. Today's guests, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. Comedian, Gary Goldman. And now, it's Rich Eisen. <sighs> yes, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. So much to talk about today. It's so great. And then you're, you're wondering, what are you going to talk about today? How are you going to open a show right in the middle of the week, right in between college football and professional football weekends? What is to talk about the day before the Giants take on the 49ers to kick off week number three? And then uh, within seconds of going on the air, you see uh, one of your top-notch members of your staff, your crew, who you lean on and you trust, uh, chiming in from home, editor Jordan Shero sending me uh, an email of a screen grab of apparently James Dolan complaining about owning sports teams. Oh, my God. Wait, really? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm just going to say is the wormhole's taking effect, and at some point over Uh-oh. the next three hours, its gravitational force will pull me in. Oh, no. And it's going to be fun. This is going to be great. That's later on in the program. I don't know when we're going to talk about it. I mean, it is a burden. Oh, right? my. God. You know, gosh. So that'll be later on. What scarf got, am I going to wear tonight? <laughs> we are. T- Chris. Who's going to sit next to me it. at the games? Chris, save it. Save it. Okay. Save it. I know we're workshopping. There's, there's so much. We don't to, normally come yeah. on the air workshopping. Normally this happens pre-show. We figure out what we're going to talk about. But that's later on. Tom Pelissero is going to join us from NFL Network. So much happening going on right now. Absolutely so much happening in the National Football League. Joe Burrow, what's going on with his calf muscle? We're going to attempt to get some information from his head coach. Zach Taylor zooms into this program live, top of hour two. Uh, Bruce Feldman strolls in, fresh back from Boulder. I guess he must be on the Denver-Los Angeles flight. Is he, does he know the flight attendant's names by now? Like, we'll ask him these questions. <laughs> the pilot lets him sit Let's in go the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. He he's, he's, he's like Norm walking into Cheers. <laughs> Bruce! Hey! Bruce! Afternoon, everybody. As he just strolls right to his seat. Drink is on the table. Yeah. I, I don't That's believe right. he's going to Boulder this week because they're not there. Oh, he's, he's, he's for sure going the game. to Eugene, right? Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, doesn't he normally go where Fox sends him for a Fox game? 
Oh, well, hold on. I'll tell you where he's going. Don't even, Mike, you should know. You should know the Fox schedule. By the way, the Brockman and Del Tufo were in their hey, spots. But, hello, TJ. <laughs> Sorry, I'm where we're. He might be going to the start of the show. Oklahoma, this Cincinnati see oh, is the noon Oklahoma Fox game. Yeah, that's not happening. Or maybe he's going to Utah, UCLA, Utah. Uh, stop it, Mike. Nobody wants to hear that nonsense. You think Bruce has a flop house in Boulder? He better. Let me tell you this. Shared apartment. The, the, game of the, the game of the weekend Roger. is obviously Colorado and Oregon. Ohio State, Notre Dame. This is the Dion effect, <laughs> folks. Yes. Penn State, this Iowa. The Dion effect. Nine million. All right, I feel Folks, you. and I know Penn State, Iowa, Big Ten action, where Big Ten play teams are with all due respect to Minnesota and Nebraska and Ohio State and Indiana. This is where. You know, we're going to start hitting yeah. rubber meeting I road. Mean, got top 10 showdown. In the, uh, in the Big Ten. And I know the SEC has got a, a nice shiny game on its docket. But Fowler's going to Arkansas, Florida. I mean, Arkansas and uh, what's he doing? LSU, right? That's that's on his yeah, docket. Yeah, LSU, yep. But it's it's the world we're paying rent in right now. It's Dion, it's Colorado, and it's Oregon. And, and you know, the news today is that Dion said his son's not going anywhere. His sons aren't leaving. Shador and Shiloh. And, you know, it's funny because on Friday, Dion, when we asked him about ranking his children publicly, right? And by the way, I heard you guys after I left yesterday when What the Football was being recorded with Susie and Amy Trask. By the way, get it? Ian Rappaport, great guest. We're all podcasts can be acquired. I heard you, you started talking to her about ranking children. She told me this, both you guys. That is not true. This is what she told me. Either either it was recording it or you guys have been texting her or something like that. Uh, it may have been uh, said in the game room. Done I, a, yeah, okay. So I you already didn't, know you're the your kids. I already know. No, stop. Don't even say it. <laughs> Dion does that. Susie and I do not. <laughs> so we don't have time. We don't have time for it while we're building our empire. I'm just looking at mock drafts, Rich. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. But for, for my children? Well, no, no. Well, not, <laughs> yeah, not for your children. What side are you on? <laughs> no, no. Shador, if I'm Dion, I'm telling Shador, you want no part of Caleb and Drake May and all of that. You want well, no part of that. How about number 14 to the Denver Broncos? Okay. Or he could stay put. And what? And, he's a first-round quarterback. And Or he can stay put and try and win the Heisman Again next year with his pick. dad and be the number one, one pick. Yeah. With the best recruiting class yes. coming and in because show they're up, getting it. And show up to the combine like Dion did, yep. which is walk up to scouts and say, what pick do you have? 13. Walk up to general managers and go, what pick do you have? Oh, you have 13, 14. Yeah, no, oh, no, no, no I'm, I'm not interviewing nope. with you. And keep walking. <laughs> yep. Dion walked into, that's another one of the many great stories Dion has told me. Dion walked into the Giants meeting room at the combine <laughs> he walked in the, and, and apparently they handed him like that huge ass test that they give to you yeah. know this is before the wonderlick and all that i'm not reading that i'm not doing that. or he, <laughs> they, and he basically what, 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 i'm not doing this like what pick do you have and they're like yeah we're we're eighth ninth he goes yeah you you, you have no chance at me and he I'm turned around and walked away <laughs> that's how he wants your door to show off to the combine <laughs> so when I heard that, when I heard that, he's like, "Yeah, my my kids aren't going anywhere." Even though on Friday he said that his kid, when we asked about ranking them, is that, you know, the reason why Shador's not number one, he referred to, he uh, might leave me, uh, is because he might leave him. Right. 
And he also said, unless he holds him up for something extraordinary, like, what do you say, a phantom? Yeah, <laughs> Rolls Royce. Oh, my uh, gosh. That video has gone viral, too, because everything yeah. Dion touches right now is gold. Did you see Colorado sold out their home games for the rest of the year for the first time in Colorado Buffalo's history? Of course they did. We got to go to a game. So no, let's go well, to Boulder. You know they're coming to UCLA. I know, but let's go to Boulder. I'm yo. I told you. Show buddy, on the road. Rich, not to interrupt. I'll make this quick. My old Should group, we do that? We'll be the latest ones. To just show, show up on yes. campus. Can we do a show? Yes. Rich, I mean, an old roommate of mine. I'm building an empire. There. I'm the one in charge. So an, an old roommate of mine works security there, yes. and he worked last year. And I was talking to him like last week, and he said it is incredible. He gets to run the sideline with Dion, and he goes, "This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen." He goes, "The amount of people." Just the way the fans are taking to him. He is literally like the Pied Piper, and everyone's following this guy. And again, don't take that cheese that Dion's not coming for Oregon in the best way that he knows how and preparing his kids in the best way that he knows how just because we're focusing on all the other razzmatazz, if you will. I saw a video of Dion uh, of Colorado's practice yesterday. Did you see this? Mm-mm that they're blasting stadium music and the Oregon fight song over and over and over again. Smart. So it just becomes noise, you not know, not, not distraction, but they're used to, oh, yeah, I heard that fight song 50 million times already this week. <laughs> they don't want to hear it anymore. It's going to be loud. So Dion's coming prepared, and I cannot wait for that game. I cannot wait for that game. Must see TV every week. So... That's the latest on. Look at us leading the show with Colorado. We we are we are. We did not plan that. It no, we didn't. It, no, no, just it is kind of natural <laughs> to talk about. This is the story of sports right now. This is absolutely, and, and it might come, you know, hit the, its first speed bump, turbulence, step back on Saturday. And I need to everything that I'm saying front my commentary with that, with the reality that Travis Hunter isn't there, one of the best yeah. players that they have won't be there. However, if they're 4-0 going into USC week in Boulder, look out. <laughs> I don't think that I don't I don't think our, our universe can handle it. <laughs> I mean he's already been on 60 minutes. Like what's next? Well yeah. he was on the Rich Eisen show. That's true. Yes. I forget. First. Come on. I understand you That's right. We got him. Humble. We first. got him before 60 minutes. Exactly. Get out of here. He loves us. Like what? Look, you, you you turn on that magazine show and it's like, <laughs> what's with the stopwatch? Who has a stopwatch anymore? <laughs> yeah, can we update it? Can we update it? Like an iPhone, just yeah, like right. countdown. Timer. Yeah. It's amazing what he's doing. What are they doing? It's amazing what Dion's doing. It's amazing. It is, and it's amazing. It's so much fun to watch. I love it. That's your man, Mike. So I love it. Oh, and two teams. Again, Zach Taylor is coming on this program, top of hour number two. Uh, I imagine he won't give us very much on Joe Burrow and him limping to midfield and saying, yeah, I could have kept playing if the game required me to keep playing. And now we're wondering, is he going to play on Monday night? Because if his calf cannot handle a full 60 minutes of action, I imagine um, Aaron Donald will be the one to test it. The one who got Geno Smith to scream, oh, my God, when he came around the end. That is the funniest <laughs> clip of the year. And by the way, <laughs> I get it. Geno shook oh it off. Geno <laughs> shook it off to the tune of being my top performer of week two. What he did in Detroit was terrific. <laughs> but so um, that's why we got Tom Pelissero joining us in about 10 minutes time to tell us the latest there and everything else. And 
And again, Ian Rappaport was on What the Football. Check out out uh, where all podcasts are acquired, please, um, with Susie and Amy. But, you know, there are other teams in this world and the NFC, for instance, where there are the lion's share, and I'm not making a play on words because Detroit's not one of them, seven 2-0 teams. Nine 2-0 teams, seven of them are in the NFC. So if you're 0-2 in the AFC, okay, you're not terribly far away from getting out, not just in your own division, but getting out of a hole in your conference, right? I mean, you got three 2-0 teams in the NFC East, three 2-0 teams in the NFC South, only one 0-2 team in the NFC South, that's Carolina, and it's just you figure it's a tough hill to climb because they got their rookie quarterback. I don't mean to put my thumb on the scale because I know we have a poll question. Chris, why don't you completely unveil it before I oh, yeah, I'm throwing it up right make now. a choice so here which, at Rich Eisen Show? Which 0-2 team is in the most trouble? Yes, sir. Is in the most trouble. All right, Bengals, Chargers, mm-hmm. Broncos. Are you literally typing it in as we do this? Yeah, because I was doing something else. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, who was our fourth team? Vikings. Vikings. They're in big trouble. They need to trade everybody. Which 0-2 team is in the most trouble? At Rich Eisen Show. Vote right now. And again, we didn't include the Patriots because I guess we're not used to them being 0-2. Well, the last time they were 0-2 too, Rich, they, uh, oh, wait a minute, won the Super Bowl. Well, so the reason why is because they fell to 0-2 and had, you know what I mean? had Mo Lewis send Drew Bledsoe to the hospital in that second consecutive loss to start the season. The Patriots are 0-2 for the first time the since the 70s. Win, so. Since nice. Yeah, since the mean. 70s, with them being 0-2 with the first two coming at home. Yeah, that's rough. You don't want to lose. Um, so we left them off because we figured they would be the ones to just win that poll since one of the only 0-2 teams in the in the AFC to have a division being led by a 2-0 team are your... But no one expected New them England to be a Patriots. playoff team anyway. All four of these teams, except the Broncos, were playoff teams. Although the year. Bengals are the other 0-2 team to be led by a 2-0 team. That's why they're on this list with a banged-up quarterback. Ravens 2-0, Bengals 0-2. I, I, I would have to sit here and say, are the Vikings the ones in the most trouble? Even though they're only a game out of their division? They're taking on a Chargers team. This week, equally 0-2. What a huge game that is. The loser drops to 0-3. And then this is a whole moot point. Maybe the Bengals are. Because they're 0-2. They're not just 0-2. They're 0-2 in division. 0-1 at home in division. The 2-0 team that's atop the division is the one that just beat them at home. And Burrow's banged up. And you look at the Bengals' schedule here. After this weekend, after Aaron Donald tries to chase around a gimpy, one would hope he's better than that, Joe Burrow, they're at Tennessee, which, as you know, loves to bang Joe Burrow around, sacked him nine times in a playoff win for Burrow. At Arizona, home for Seattle, and then a bye before they visit San Francisco, where I would certainly hope Burrow's ready for this gamut of at San Francisco, home for Buffalo, 
a game at home against Houston before a visit to Baltimore and then Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. That's the meat here. And that's after a bye, which makes you wonder, do you sit Burrow now? Hope for the best. Get through this first six weeks. Give him another bunch of weeks off for rest. I don't know. This is something we'll try and get out of Zach Taylor later on. But our poll question is which team at 0-2 is in the most trouble? Part of me wants to choose ball, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals just because of what I just said. But part of me thinks it's got to be either the Vikings or Chargers because one of them is going to be 0-3. Or worse, both of them are going to be 0-2-1. Each you don't want to be either. Better than 0-3, technically. Maybe you choose the Chargers because they're in a division with the Chiefs. And they were a playoff team last year with pretty big expectations. What say you? 844-204-RICH, number to all. Get in while the getting's good because we have people calling in from Vietnam, like yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> We're international, baby. Yes, we are. You know Let's take a break. When we come back, worldwide? Tom Pelissero on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show before Zach Taylor joins us. And then Ooh. Bruce Feldman in studio and the comedian Gary Goldman will join us in a funny conversation, Hour 3. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partners sleep number does that my sleep number setting is 60 my wife's is 70 10 numbers apart but it truly is the world of difference the sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable you will love it jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50 percent that's 50 percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. So if you watched yesterday, um, I believe you you heard me um, reveal my first-class problem <laughs> of, of when people call and I can't answer their call and my iPhone gives me options to send them the voicemail with a text saying, right. can I call you back? 
can't talk right now. They're, they're either too impersonal or too short for me to send to people I truly care about, like, say, Suze. So I created Give Me One Sec, okay, which I did on the air in the latest edition of Rich. Rich's First World Problems? Rich's, no, 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 I was just Rich, Rich's iPhone settings. Uh, that's a terrible segment. Um, so I used it. Oh, you for got the first to use time. it yesterday. And? Here's the problem. Uh, I talk about these things on the air. Um, Susie wrote, is that a personalized give me one sec or did you hit a button? Susie. Sent with Siri, so she voiced. Yeah, yes, yes, voiced she back. did. Yeah, interesting. So. Look at you guys. Well, I'm just saying, I talk about it on the air. I need to, if I'm going to make, you know, I shouldn't telegraph my moves. You know what I mean? Or, or, or change it and be like, this is a personalized message. Give me one sec. Or should I personalize it like, you know, sweetie or a hun or something like that? You just have one or... just for her. Yeah. Be like, hey, baby, I'll get right back to you. But do it in a very white voice. <laughs> yeah, I think we're past those days, brother. Yo, girl, I'm going to call man. you back. Yes. You got to keep that fire on. Should I say, yo, girl, I'm going to call you back? Should I try hey, that? Girl. Yo, girl. Yo, girl. Nice, yeah. Right, yo, yo, baby mama. I'm going to hit you with that. Hey, what if, can, I, can, I, can I include that sound with it? You should. Yes, you should be able can to. I do that? I mean, honestly. Can, can you look that up for me while we I talk to Tom? can do everything else with our phone. Tommy P. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. He and uh, Ian Rappaport um, and Mike Garofolo, Judy Batista, part of NFL Insiders every day on NFL Plus and NFL Network right in the middle of the day, chock full of information. Kind enough to join us right now is uh, our buddy Tom Pelissero back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Tom? Doing well, Rich. We're in week three, and I feel like you know the past 48 hours has been one of those explosions that we get a few times a year where it seems like everything is happening at once. Uh, and yeah, away we go into the season. Here. Well, and and it's an unfortunate cadence through the first two weeks. Monday night football, shocking season-ending injury to star player that Super Bowl hopeful puts a lot of their eggs in that person's basket. Aaron Rodgers week one, Nick Chubb week two. We were wondering in week one if it was a career ender for Aaron Rodgers. You heard from Rodgers post-surgery that he intends to keep playing. It appears if not speed bridging his way back in January. Nick Chubb, what can you tell us about the injury that he suffered on uh, Monday night as we're sitting here Wednesday? Any extra news on that, Tom? Well, obviously, Rich, when you see the, the replays, and even if you avoided the more gruesome ones that apparently the international audience got, uh, you knew that it was a bad injury. Um, you know, the question really is whether or not he had a full dislocation or a partial dislocation. Either way, you're talking about not playing for the rest of the season, and that's just a matter of, kind of what is the road back going to look like. Uh, to my knowledge, he's not yet undergone the surgery, and there's always some parts that in the surgery they sort of make some of those determinations. And so we'll continue to stay tuned. It's obviously a horrific injury. Uh, and for the Browns, you know, who certainly Nick Chubb is a big part of what they do, they had to, I don't want to say scramble, because you always have contingency plans, but they had to figure out what they wanted to do. Um, they definitely were, you know, checking around on who potentially might be available. But ultimately, uh, within the past hour here, um, you know, they were able to sign Kareem Hunt to a new deal. It's one year, up to $4 million. A guy who knows that system very well, 
Um, he scored a bunch of touchdowns for him over the past four years here. It still sounds like Jerome Ford is going to get a big part of the workload, which I'm sure is good news for everybody playing fantasy football and <laughs> blew their entire free agent budget on him uh, in the past 48 hours here. Uh, but Kareem Hunt is you know, a guy who they think can step right in. And so he came in, worked out for him on Tuesday. He had a bunch of opportunities. He had a handful of different offers uh, over the past couple of months here. This was waiting for the right opportunity. There was no way you could foresee that it would involve this Kareem Hunt going back to a team that, remember, he requested a trade from mm. at one point. Wanted his contract upgraded, didn't happen, goes into free agency, waited it out, and now here it is. The big opportunity comes right back there in Cleveland. Yeah, and uh, now he's, as they say, plug-and-play, and Cleveland, no doubt, will plug him in against Tennessee in one of those you know, paint-swapping affairs. I'm sure he will get some touches right there. What about Jonathan Taylor? Uh, I mean, that that was a first blush thought. Obviously, he's got two more games left until he can return. But what about Jonathan Taylor? Here's what I would tell you, Rich, right now about Jonathan Taylor. He's in the building every day doing his rehab work. Um, from what I've been told, he looks really good doing that rehab work. He may not be 100% right now, but certainly he's getting really close to being ready to be back on the field. His trade request has stood for over a month now. Um, the Colts' asking price has not changed. And there is certainly a scenario where Jonathan Taylor is back in a Colts uniform come week five. Now, I would anticipate that, you know, we're right now as we're talking here, we're about 11 days up out from uh, his pup stint potentially coming to an end. So I would think this next week here is where, if there's going to be any action on the trade front, this is where it would happen. You certainly understand where Jonathan Taylor does not want to play for the low number he's on this year. Maybe at some point there's a possibility of a bridge deal uh, that could happen that could bring him back and get him a raise and get him a little bit more security to get back onto the field. You know, those are all conversations you're going to have to have. And, you know, as we've seen, you know, if anybody was going to do it, you'd think the Cleveland Browns with $34 million in cap space and losing Nick Chubb might have had an interest there. From what I understand, that was not the direction that they were looking at this point. Um, they like what they have in Jerome Ford. They've obviously got another guy they like in Kareem Hunt. Does somebody else step up to the table here? It might take an injury uh, for that type of an offer, both financially and in terms of trade compensation, to come about. But what I can tell you is I fully anticipate we're going to see Jonathan Taylor back on the field at some point in the near future here. Uh, and there is a possibility that that is back with the Colts. Well, you could make the case, Tom, just uh, you know, supposing from afar as we are right now, um, although you are the NFL insider here, um, that the timing wasn't right for the Browns. They needed someone right now. They could not wait even 11 more days for his pup to expire or wonder what he's like physically. Like they needed somebody now and they have a plug and play in Kareem Hunt. I'm just thinking back to about a month ago when the Colts pulled the plug on the we're going to trade Jonathan Taylor, or you have the opportunity to be traded, Jonathan Taylor, uh, part of our summer. The Dolphins and the Packers were the ones interested, one that we were supposing, one that we were surprised by. I couldn't imagine they'd be interested in him right now. Maybe the Packers, depending on Aaron Jones' feeling, but right? I mean, don't, don't you think those takers would be gone in terms of what his trade market looks like right now, Tom? Well, even the Packers, I mean, I believe that uh, Ian Rappaport reported our colleague that the offer from the Packers was something like two mid-round picks. And my understanding was it was nowhere close to what the asking price was going to be for the Colts. If you're Brian Goodacoust and you're looking at that situation, you're going, 
hey, if he's going to be available for relatively cheap, yeah, why wouldn't we be in on a really good football player? But the Colts have wanted upwards of the Christian McCaffrey compensation. So you're talking about a first-round pick or the equivalent of a first-round pick. It's a hard sell. I mean, in Miami, Raheem Mostert's off to a really good start this season. They obviously got a little bit banged up with Savan Ahmed getting nicked uh, last week. They're kind of getting Devon A-Chain involved as well. If there's an injury, you know, again, certainly they may come back to the table. But what's been really interesting about Miami, because they've been connected to, I think, every running back that's been available, like the entire offseason, <laughs> they never really made that top-of-the-market type of offer to Delvin Cook. They never really made that type of, you know, compelling offer the Colts would have taken to move Jonathan Taylor. Mike McDaniel comes from San Francisco, and obviously the 49ers have the highest-paid running back in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey, right now. But they've also used a lot of different backs. Scheme matters uh, to a team like the Miami Dolphins, and they feel like they've got guys uh, who can run that scheme really well. Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eisen Show. We were a few days away from the Jets taking the field against the Patriots in a huge Week 3 game. Patriots 0-2, Jets licking their wounds with the Cowboys beating up on Zach Wilson and making it feel like it's 2022 all over again. What's your reporting on what the Jets are doing with that quarterback room that appears to be a second straight week of status quo post-Rogers blowing out his Achilles? I'm glad you asked that, Rich, because like every time I turn on the TV, all I see is debate about should they trade for Kirk Cousins? Should they call Tom Brady? I would tell you this. What the Jets saw the first three quarters of that game last week in Dallas against maybe the best player in the game, Micah Parsons, and maybe the best defense in the entire NFL was not all bad from Zach Wilson. He made some plays. He was relatively efficient. He was executing things the way that they wanted to see him in terms of getting through his progressions. Again, dealing with all the pressure. When Micah Parsons is living in your lap, it's hard for any quarterback to function. The three interceptions all came once you're down three touchdowns. He's trying to make things happen. Yeah, could he change the decisions or make a better throw on some of those? Absolutely. But you really got into a game scenario there where it got away from him. What the Jets have to do right now and the viewpoint that they're taking is the offensive line's got to play better. Again, you're not going to see a lot of fronts, a lot of pass rushers like Micah Parsons, but the, the offensive line has to play better. they got to give Zach Wilson time, and they got to get the run game going. Yeah, that's that's it. Now, maybe we're in a different place. If we're come week eight and the Jets are still alive, they're you know five and three or whatever, hmm. then maybe you're talking about going and getting a quarterback. But I don't sense right now that they're sitting there going, there's somebody out there who's going to be this huge upgrade. I mean, even Kirk Cousins... And again, we're dealing, we're way into the hypothetical realm here, Rich. But Kirk Cousins is on a, a team with the Vikings. It's 0-2, a lot of season left, coming off a 13-4 and season. He has a no-trade clause. There's no telling would he want to go anyplace else, would he even allow a deal to happen anyplace else. And if you're the Vikings that just paid Daniil $120 million to come back for this year, you've got Justin Jefferson, another one of the best players in the game. You've got a team that you think could be competitive. You're not looking after 0-2 to go, well, that's it. We're going to get roll with Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins or whatever. Again, maybe things change down the line here. But we're still really early in this process. Let's see what Zach Wilson does this week. Again, against the Patriots defense that causes all kinds of challenges and they aim to confuse the quarterback and they want to take away what you do well. Let's see how they react in this game where maybe you're not quite into that same type of shootout lopsided game mode like they were last week. I hear you, Tom, and I and I appreciate the the uh clear eyed, um, you know, calm, clear headed. I'm trying approach. to balance you. No, out no, here. no, no, Tom. I, 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 but, so no, and I appreciate that. Uh it, it you know, and my question wasn't so much about Zach Wilson because uh short of the Jets petitioning the NFL to shorten games to just three quarters, um, you know, uh, they they have to ride it out. 
with him. And I appreciate you saying they got to get their run game going. That is a Nathaniel Hackett question to answer Brees Hall with his four football emojis that he X'd out and then literally X'd out by deleting it. I'm talking about the, the Zach Wilson decision-making where he winds up in a blue tent and then Tim Boyle's out on the field against Bill Belichick. Good luck to the gangrene then. So why why aren't the Jets, maybe have they not kicked the tires on any veteran that's ATC right now to come in and learn the system in case they're the ones that they have to turn to by week eight because there aren't any other quarterbacks on the market and the Jets aren't ready to win the Super Bowl because of what Zach Wilson has done over the first eight weeks? You see where I'm going with this, Tom? Why, why just sit tight with, with the room as it currently is? The depth thing is certainly a question. Um, you know, one of the options went off the table when the Rams promoted Brett Rippon to the 53. Not that that's going to be somebody you're anticipating stepping in, right. but at least he's been with Hackett. He knows the system. I mean, look who's available out there right now. And this is not to cast aspersions on any of these guys, but you know, from the Jets' point of view, Zach Wilson's the former number two overall. No, pick. I get it. I'm, I'm not talking again. I'm not talking about supplanting Zach. Now right. you have to. Right. But you know, think about the think about the makeup of the room though. If you go sign. Joe Flacco, you sign Carson Wentz, Foles. you trade for Case Keenum. Foles is the Foles. one. I don't know if Nick wants to play anymore, but if you, he did, okay. that's another thing that's out there. Good to know. Dalton. There, there's, there's a bunch of guys who you know potentially could be out there. The moment you bring that guy in, and this is not about Jets fans, Rich, but you also know that the back page headlines and what's chanted in the stadium, if Zach Wilson throws one interception, is going to be for Andy Dalton or whoever it is. There is a level, and I'm not saying this, nobody's told me this with the Jets, but I would just say from a quarterback room perspective, mm-hmm. when you've got a young quarterback, especially one who's in this type of spotlight with this type of team, and you're trying to bring the best out of him, not bringing in somebody that lends this idea that, hey, were you going to go to this guy? Well, what, at what point are you going to Flacco? It seems to me, again, just my opinion, from the outside looking in, that they are trying to give Zach Wilson every show of support, not just verbally, but in terms of what they do, that, hey, we believe in you. We're not panicking. We're not going out and getting somebody else. If they lose these next couple, we might be having a totally different conversation, Rich. But I think that there's a little bit of that here where you're just looking and saying, okay, we can't have any signs that we are panicking because that's going to have a negative impact on the quarterback who are just trying to believe in himself as much as we're saying we believe in him. Tom, I'm having uh, Zach Taylor on a, a Zoom in about 20-something minutes' time. What do you think he's going to tell me about Burrow? I would imagine uh, with Zach, he'll do what he did when I interviewed him on NFL Network at, I think it was Back Together Saturday, mm-hmm. where he just kept saying the same thing over and over with a smile on his face. Zach is not a big timeline guy. Uh, he had a bad experience <laughs> with that back in his first season with A.J. Green. It's, he's really never touched timelines in the past. What I would tell you about Joe Burrow is that, yeah, there was absolutely you know significant concern coming out of that game when he's using that hyperized device on the sideline, when he's grimacing the way he was and limping, when you've got these calf injuries, they can be long-term. And either you rest them or you try to push through them. And if you try to push through them, you could be like Aaron Rodgers back in, I want to say it was 2014 where he had a calf injury like the whole year. By the time they got to the NFC Championship game, it's the game where they were up like 16 nothing on the Seahawks. Seahawks roared all the way back, fake punt and all that. Rodgers that day couldn't even get up on his tiptoes. That's how much the calf deteriorated throughout the course of the season. And so that impacts your play calling mm. and everything else. So for the Bengals, you got a week seven bye. The thing you have to work through here is, do you rest him? Do you say, we're sitting you down for four games, we're going to try to get a month of this and then bring you back? 
Or on the flip side, since you already tried the rest thing for four weeks and then he came back and the cap is still an issue, do you say, let's just try to push through it for the next four weeks, then get you a little bit of rest surrounding the bye there and hope that that improves things? Uh, from Joe Burrow's perspective, or I should say, from what people have seen with Joe Burrow, he is feeling better. Past couple of days, I was told he was in the building for a workout yesterday. We'll see how this plays out. They got the extra day with the Monday night game here. But absolutely, I would say that his status is a question mark at this point, and the Bengals are going to have to make some decisions because Joe Burrow himself is probably always going to say he can play. The Bengals, with the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, are going to have some decisions. Well, I guess the the wrong time to test out to whether your calf can survive uh, running from Miles Garrett and then the Ravens' defense is Aaron Donald. I mean, that, that that's that's a, that's a rough test, one would say, on Monday Night Football. Uh, I I don't know what the options are. It's Jake Browning, right? That's who it would be, if not. They have Jake Browning, who's never completed an NFL pass, and they have Will Greer, who I also oh. think has not completed an NFL pass. He's played well in preseason. Yes, he has. The preseason finale after the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance. They still cut him, ends up on the Bengals practice squad. Yeah, it would seem to be Jake Browning. Browning's uh, been around. He was out of the University of Washington. You can go yeah. back for it. Jake Browning was a Heisman. He was like top 10 in Heisman balloting. I want to say it was his freshman or sophomore year. At Washington. Nobody remembers this because he ended up going undrafted. He had some injuries and he yeah. kind of became completely forgotten. Yeah. But they always liked him in Minnesota. He's just kind of a gamer. He can sling it around a little bit. He beat out Trevor Simeon in training camp here. He's not Joe Burrow. Not many guys are Joe Burrow. Technically, only one guy is Joe Burrow. But Jake Browning's there for a reason. They think. You know, if they had to play a game, that he could go out there and do it. All right, I know you're up against it. Uh, my my usual way out the door with you is, what do you got in your your notebook? You want to talk about? We're not talking about enough. Your two cents on that subject, Tom? What do you got? Let's talk about the Panthers, Rich, uh, and Bryce Young, because I think that a lot. If you didn't completely turn off that game and go over to the other one on Monday <laughs> night, I think that the Panthers' offensive performance definitely raised some. Uh, questions, if not concerns, just about how it looks right now. I mean, it's rare that you have a new head coach like Frank Reich, his second game, and is already facing post-game press conference questions about giving up play calling. And they do have a bright young offensive coordinator in Thomas Brown. If Frank Reich at some point decides to turn it over to Thomas Brown, that wouldn't totally shock me during the course of the season. But they're not there yet, especially on a short week. You know, To me, and just you know, talking to some people around the league, it does look like right now Bryce Young is swimming a little bit in that offense. Obviously, you know, he's a guy with a really high capacity. He's a fast processor. He doesn't wear a wristband on the field. He can repeat things really well. None of that's an issue. But for whatever reason, you look a lot of times, they're snapping the ball with just a second or two on the play clock. It looks a little bit panicked. He's not able to just go play. And the beauty of Bryce Young at Alabama was he was a guy you watched him. Everything was so instinctual. Everything was just this free flow, and he just went out and played. It doesn't look like that right now. They had receiver injuries in training camp. He missed a bunch of reps. I think that a big part of it is, and this is not just about the coaches, it's everyone. It's the offensive line play. It's the consistency with the wide receivers. He needs some help. Bryce Young needs some help around him. I think you'll see that incrementally get better here in the coming weeks. But that's definitely, you know, because he's the number one overall pick, that's something to keep an eye on. Meanwhile, the other rookie quarterbacks, real quick, Rich, in Houston, every week from talking to people there, you're seeing him get a little bit better. How about Tank Dell? who you look really smart if, like me, you drafted him in a fantasy league because everybody, when you go through Texans camp, was like, that guy's open on literally every single snap. He got 10 targets last week. The little guy from Houston, uh, he's got potential to be a really good player here. And you're going to see C.J. Stroud. There's a lot of challenges on that team. The Texans have a long way to go personnel-wise, but you're seeing growth right now from C.J. Stroud. And then Anthony Richardson, obviously, you know, in the concussion protocol, 
He's got to find ways at times to minimize that contact. You talk about Zach Wilson and the decision-making. You know, same thing with Anthony Richardson. I mean, he's a quarterback who's built like a tight end. We know he can take on the contact. There absolutely have been flashes in these games, as much when he's running it as throwing it, where you go, that's what Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen saw. That's why they took that guy number four, because the potential is off the charts. But first game, bangs his knee. Second game, ends up in the concussion protocol. He's going to have to protect himself a little bit here, but make no mistake, the Colts are really excited about what they've seen from him when he's able to stay on the field. You think he'll be ready for at Baltimore, Anthony Richardson? Obviously, it's still early in the week. Yeah, the concussion protocol you know, has several different steps. Usually, you can tell based upon what the practice participation is listed as yes. through the week. So if Wednesday, Thursday, he's a non-participant, you know he's probably not going to make it because you got to go gradual. you got to come back to limited. Then they examine you, make sure your brain's functioning well. Then you go to full. They see how your body and your brain is functioning here. So if those steps don't accelerate in the next, let's call it 48 hours here, Rich, then he's not going to make it. If we see him out on the practice field, um, you know, on Thursday, because he's not going to practice today. If he gets out there tomorrow, then maybe there's still that slim hope. But I would not, you know, the average for quarterbacks for for anybody is one game missed for a concussion. Um, at this point, I wouldn't hold my breath, but we'll see. It's all guided by doctors, not by the team. Right, and last one for you. You talked about Frank Reich giving up play calling potentially. They're not there yet. Uh, Mike McCarthy took it on. And uh, two weeks in, I mean, he's going to be my guest on Friday's show, Tom. Uh, it's so far, so good, right? I mean, the the the, the points are a palooza and it seems in rhythm in the same way that we were talking about obviously got a rookie quarterback and Bryce and somebody like Dak they look to be fully loaded right now what do you think rhythm is the key word there Rich you nailed it because you know Kellen Moore is a really bright offensive mind he's very creative he came up you know playing for and coaching with Scott Linehan who basically brought the spread offense to the NFL 20 years ago and is all about spread it out vertical routes get the football down the field well when you talk about Dak Prescott, he's had a lot of success doing that over the course of his career. But at the same time, when you talk about interceptions, some of that comes when you're trying to push the ball down the field a lot. Mike McCarthy comes from a West Coast background, came up under Paul Hackett, Nathaniel's dad um, in Kansas City and San Francisco, and then obviously in Green Bay. So he's all about the rhythm passing game. It's about getting easy throws for the quarterback. It's going to be slants. It's going to be getting the ball of his hand quickly. Also getting the ball into space gain it to the perimeter, but it's not all a vertical type of offense. When you've got a defense like the Cowboys have, you don't want to call it ball control because I think people think that means running it 50 times. When you simply just don't give the football away and you get your quarterback in rhythm, that's going to give you the opportunity then to just control the game, let your defense rest a little bit, and then come out there and do what we've seen them do. I don't know that we've seen Dak Prescott have to put up a lot of points so far this season based upon who they've played and the style of games, and that probably doesn't change this week either. But this style of football is what Dallas is built to do. You know, so on a personal level, I'm happy for Mike just because I know how excited he is, how much he loves calling plays. This is a big part of what he's done. He told me years ago that, uh, you know, after one year, he gave it up um, to one of his assistants, Tom Clements, and then took it back in December. And he told me that following year, I'm never giving play calling up again. Hmm. In a different spot in Dallas because Kellen Moore was there. Obviously, the Jones family loves Kellen. Dak was comfortable with him. And Mike, to his credit, said, you know what? I'm going to try to embrace this. Well, a few years later now, he goes, all right, it made sense for everybody to move on. Kellen had a great opportunity with the Chargers. Mike had the opportunity to do something that he loves. And finally, just asking about this, Rich, he even last year, in the past couple of years, was still showing up like seven hours early to the stadium. I'd be in Dallas getting there, you know, on your show game day morning, five hours before. And Mike would be like, you here yet? 
he'd come out and see me. He's like, he's got nothing to do because he was just in there. He'd normally be yeah. in his play calling sheet together. Now he's actually got things to do yeah. uh, when he's at the stadium. So he's excited about it. And the Cowboys, I mean, to me, they look like one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. Right? Yeah, taking on the Arizona Cardinals in week three. Uh, Tom, thanks for the time. NFL insiders on NFL Plus and NFL Network with Tom Pelissero and also the rest of the gang. Thanks for the time here, Tom. Thanks, Rich. And meanwhile, Kellen Moore is here in L.A. Uh, again, that's our poll question right now, um, is which 0-2 team is in the most trouble. Um, I want to hit that poll question when we get back here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Zach Taylor, zoom in with us, top of hour number two, and then Bruce Feldman in studio, middle of hour two, with a big weekend of college football afoot, to say the least. 844-204-RICH, also the number to dial. We've got some phone calls to take with you here on this busy Wednesday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Back here on our show, 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. Um, how's Cage doing, brother? How's your little boy? Let's talk about you, the dad. What do we got over there? What's going uh, on? Let's see. Uh, doesn't Still- Not really interested in going to bed. Oh, uh, 1 a.m. wake up, 4 a.m. wake up, oh, 5.30 a.m. wake up. What's going on? Uh, well, when know. it's 1 a.m. wake up, is he just like, does he come into your room just go, hey, hey, what's up? Like, what's up? Here's the thing, though. It doesn't often affect me because I'm on the far side oh. and I can just and I'm just asleep. He goes right to Sarah's side and it's just like, hey, mom, mom. Hey, I don't mom. think it's I don't oh. think it's a spatial thing. I don't think it's a geographical thing. I think it's just the mom always gets it. Mom always gets it. Yeah. So she's she was a little. Uh, She's a little off. A little out of it. Tough to write comedy coming off of that. A little out of it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Sarah. uh, It's it's a solo dad weekend. Oh. So uh, he'll be getting me back. (laughs) I'll be getting getting my end of it. Solo dad week. I'm just trying to think if I can help you with any of this. Saturday, Sunday. No, we're we're full up at the end. No, it's all good. So pool's not ready yet. So you're on your own. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We're happy to help. We'll figure it out. You know, happy to help. You know, my kids love love uh, helping out with Cage. The boat okay. goes in the water today, Brock, when you come down on a boat. Oh. Bring Cage on a boat. Now, so I don't get a solo invite. No, I have to bring my son yeah, to go on the boat. Cage. <laughs> I've invited you guys. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. If you had invited us, we'd have already been on the boat. I would have said no, but at least I would I don't like know to if I don't get invited because you think I'm either too busy or uninclined to I, say yes, but you have not. 
invited. I've invited me. everybody. That's it's, a that false completely not true. statement. That is a statement that is either <laughs> true or not, so and false. that is not. Back here on our radio program, <laughs> where Mike Del Tufo just said he has invited us I on his boat, I've and he is not. Global. The problem is, I go out last minute. Global. So you have to be oh. on. Like this is like kind of like we're yeah. like the you know the, the AWAC. As we just described with Chris, with a four-year-old at home, he's four now, three and a half, three and a half, um, rounding up, rounding up. Okay, and three, um, and three kids. What Susie and I have, we're we're, we're not last-minute people. No, so, that's what I'm saying. Like you guys got a plan. Like, hey, and I don't plan what's out going on here? Like, you want to go on my boat? It's, meet me it's, at the marina. Hey, meet me plan. at the marina in 45. Because my boat's like a quarter mile from my place. I oh, just thanks. Walk. Thank you, though. So, but you just, invited. so we just so have to nice randomly boat. be in Redondo. And then like, hey. hey. <laughs> I'm not far. Like we're Jack Tripper. Just, yeah, hey, 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 come on, open our boat. All right. We've been waiting for you. I'm excited. So, um, you know, we were just talking to Pelissero about um, Mike McCarthy calling the plays. So far, so good, man. And I can't wait to have him on Friday's program. To I, I'm fascinated why he chose to win, you know, when he won the toss, why he chose to keep the ball against the Jets. Wouldn't you want to put Micah Parsons out there and just make Zach Wilson's day long from the get-go? And instead, he put his offense out there, and he made it longer from the get-go. And it worked out. I mean, everything was – he's just pushing buttons right now. Um, and one would assume – I won't mention this to him on Friday. Like, hey, that button you're going to push in Arizona is going to be a hard one for Arizona. Like, you're going to really you're gonna, you're gonna really push that button. And the um, reason why I bring this up is Kellen Moore, who was the offensive coordinator the last couple of years in Dallas, um, or predated McCarthy's two years yeah. there in Dallas there – uh, now uh, is here in Southern California, and the whole, I mean, one of the uh, off-season narratives was Kellen Moore is going to unlock Justin Herbert in a way that what the previous OC, Joe Lombardi, was just way too conservative for yeah. him. And, you know, let let Justin cook is kind of the phrase around here that I'm coining. <laughs> so first two games in, they're 0-2. And the question is, is why? I mean, you can't, other than that, you can't just say they're the Chargers. You just can't do that. You can't do that. Oh, they're going to, Chargers are going to charge. And Brandon Staley is going to do this or that, or, you know, trust his gut, all that business. And then the gut blows up on you. Bubble gut. They have right now Justin Herbert and these Los Angeles Chargers, 58 points four coming in. The only team with more points in the first two weeks is Miami. Two more than them. No offense. That's the margin of victory they had over the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the problem is the Chargers have given up 63, and that is, let me make sure, that is the most in the AFC through the first two weeks. That's the most. And, again, they gave up more than half of them to the Dolphins. And then Ryan Tannehill and the and the Titans and Derrick Henry and – just made plays down the field. Maybe, maybe it's the it's it's their defense not getting home enough. Because uh, it certainly doesn't appear to be Kellen Moore yet. Uh, I looked this up. I don't talk about next gen stats a lot, but according to that organization, that uh, this past week, Justin Herbert ha- averaged ten point six air yards per attempt, which is the most in a game since his rookie season. 
Getting the ball downfield. Right? And, yeah. and and they damn near won on the road in a tough spot in Tennessee, which it is. I don't want to hear about, you know, you don't believe in, tit- in the Tennessee Titans. Okay. You know, the Saints were in a Donnie Brook in week one with them at home. Almost lost that. And um, they, they, they went on the road without Austin Eckler and almost won it. So do you not choose the Chargers in our poll question of the 0-2 team you're concerned about the most? Because of that, or the fact is they are 0-2, and now they're going to Minnesota on the road, and a team that's given up the most amount of points in the first two weeks in the AFC are going to face Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. You won't believe, I guess, Addison, with his cup of coffee out here in Southern California, wants to ball out against the Chargers, one would think. you know, And the defense that Brian Flores is trying to tune up, having gotten tuned up, you know, by the by that run game against Phil against Philadelphia. I mean, what what do you what do you do? I I, d- I don't pick them because I I don't think they're having as many issues as the other three teams. Right, Herbert's healthy as opposed to Burrow. Herbert's healthy. Offense looks great. Austin Eckler will be back. You know, they had 200 yards rushing when right. he was out there in Week One. Uh, they're giving up a lot of points. So you the choose- Bengals have injuries. Uh, the Broncos defense is not playing well. Uh, Rust, a couple turnovers there at the end. And then the Vikings are just a hot mess. I don't know if calling them a hot mess. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, and, and they're only a half, they're only a game out of first place. They win this one, they're one and two. And then their next game is at Carolina. You can go two and two. You're home for Kansas City. They better win this one. And then the Chargers, if they lose this one, if they win this one, they're they're one and two, and then they're home for Vegas, which is kind of a home game for Vegas, <laughs> the Raiders usually, before a bye week. Then they come out against Dallas on a Monday night. This one's still up in the air. Our poll question: and What are the current standings right now? In our oh, poll I was going to say who you got in the game because right now Vegas has Chargers Vikings as a pick'em. Oh. Uh, poll question, which 0-2 team is the most trouble? Uh, Vikings, 16%. Chargers, 18%. Bengals, 26%. And the Broncos, huh? Broncos, 40. 40 piece. 40%. No, just because they feel that Russ might be still washed, even though I think he has looked better in the first two weeks. Uh, I think so, too. I think right. it has more to do with the division. Uh, or or they're playing like the Raiders last year. They had leads in two. They, yeah. they led by six against the Raiders week one loss. They led by 18 week two at home to Washington and watched Brian Robinson Jr., another Friday guest of our program, run all over them with Sam yep. Howell doing his thing. Got to figure them and the Chargers should at least have a win. It should be one-on-one at the very least. My, I'd lean towards taking the Chargers against the Vikings. I'll tell you that. I think so. Chargers have a more talented roster. That's what everybody thinks. I think so, too. I agree. No? Vikings have a coaching edge? Oh, I, 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 I don't know about that. Who knows? Come on. Coaching edge. I, I mean, I... I don't know. Close? Because you want to turn Justin Herbert loose, but after what you just saw, what the Eagles just did, although that, that offensive line may be the best in football, you just saw what DeAndre Swift did. You could think Eckler could do that. Josh Kelly could do that. And you just roll, roll it right up. Don't make a mistake. Get the hell out of Dodge and come home. Zach Taylor of the Bengals coming up next with Bruce Feldman in studio behind him.